Project. Welcome to the Refuge Project. The Refuge Project is a place that we can have meaningful conversation in a safe place. We are your hosts. I am Pastor David. Yeah. Got James. Yeah. Got a special guest. Johnny. Press <laughs> the button. There it is. Thank you. <laughs> Johnny was a good friend oh. of mine. <laughs> My, I serenade Johnny all the time. That's my song. Oh, and, then, uh, and I play the air guitar when I do it. So it kind of goes like this: Johnny, what's a good friend of mine? I'm sorry, you got to listen to that, John. Yeah. I'm sorry to all the listeners out there that had to. I don't. If you could just see the air guitar, it all makes sense. I'm sorry to everybody. I don't We're, know him. <laughs> yeah. So how are things going? I'm getting better. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear. I'm less congested. This is like week three of nonsense, and uh, I'm, I'm finally not having to take medicine anymore. So I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the up. You know, I was thinking. I, I was thinking. Um, we were talking. Your computer crashed. Have you like re like um, recorded all those songs for that that, that band? Uh, yes. So you had to go back and re-record everything? Yeah. Wow. Most of it. Yeah. Not like everything, everything, but I did have to redo a lot of stuff. Wow, that sucks. Which is a bummer. But, uh, yeah, they were we cool did. with it? But it's, yeah, they were they were all super cool about it. And uh, I think it's coming out better this way anyway, so it's yeah. cool, but it was still a bummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know. Well, how'd your show go? Didn't you just recently do a show? Uh, we did. Like a... Like almost two weeks ago, something like that. Okay. Oh, that's not what it was. That's not that's what it was. You had a uh, you shooting the last the last. Oh, scene the video the shoot. Video. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that went really good. Did it? Yeah. It was. Uh, so the whole the whole last scene is without like giving the whole video away. Is uh, so the song's gonna be is called "Please Go to Sleep." And uh, so, I needed that last night, bro. Uh-huh. I drank some coffee too late, and I was just okay. laying in bed. Just, it's gonna be a hit, dude. You're gonna be listening to it, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, so the last scene where I'm on a bed and it's like flying down the road is the idea. And then at some point I look over and I see my brother and he's like in a rocking chair flying down the road. Okay. It'll make a little bit more. It still doesn't make that much sense. But so anyway, like, we're like, flying down like, the road. Like a flying carpet type <clears throat> Kind of, except I'm on a bed. Oh, okay. Yeah, and yeah. so we had to shoot that. and it, So we waited till it was dark and then, of course, it was cold out and... Uh, I had to be in the clothes I was in in the other scenes for it to make sense. So I'm just in a white T-shirt, and we we hooked only up a, a white T-shirt. Yeah, and we hooked up this trailer. Kind of it was cold, <laughs> but it was fine. You had no bottoms on. I did, I did have some pants. Oh, on. Okay, yeah. okay, you're right. Oh. I was doing it for the video. I took my pants oh, off. Doing it for the grand, baby. <laughs> nah, so we're riding. So my my buddy, he's got a he had a trailer. We put a bed on there, strapped it down, made it look all cool. He's got his like camera lights set up in the background. So and did you have the green screen or anything like that? No, dude, it's real. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So wow. we had, so we're going down the road. Ben's driving his, the dude's Tahoe. Yeah, at like ten miles an hour, not very fast. Dragging a mattress through the street, dragging us, yeah. And it look, I think it's going to come out looking cool. That's pretty dope. Yeah, but That's uh, pretty dope. I was definitely very cold doing it. So I'm, I was over there on the side at some point, right before we started shooting. I uh, I was like, hey, I'm gonna do some push ups or something and like try to get warm before we do this thing. And so I'm over there just like just getting it, doing squats, and I'm just like waiting for him to say, all right, I'm ready. 
And at some point, uh, I, I said that to him. I said, hey, man, I'm just <laughs> I was going. I was doing Got a full workout in on there. Like, I'm doing high knees, you know, jumping around. And he's like, oh, no, I was waiting for you to finish up. And I'm like, dude, just <laughs> I was doing this. For, I said, OK, well, we're ready then. Let's go. Oh, but yeah, no, it went good. It's going to come out cool. It'll be out in a, the thing will actually be out. Probably a little over a month. Okay, but I got the the actual song, got the album art. It's all loaded. It's going through the whole thing, and I'm excited about it. Cool. I'm it's excited about sweet. it too. Man, somebody made some like um, some super black coffee last night. We had a board meeting and super black. Man, uh, I drank at about seven thirty, eight o'clock. Could not go to sleep last yeah. night. I was doing all the all the tricks of the trade, you know, as a youngster. My mom told me when I couldn't sleep, whatever, to sing Jesus Loves Me until mm-hmm. I fall asleep. And I seen Jesus really knows I love him after last night. <laughs> the first trick of the trade is yeah. don't drink coffee. Don't at, uh, drink coffee, o'clock. man. It normally don't bother me. But I, I, I got home, and I, I don't know. It was probably a combination because I, I got home and they ended up Working until almost 11, mm-hmm. and then uh, I guess because I was all coffeeed up, you yeah, know. I guess so. And then I got in bed, I was just like you cleaning the house again at midnight. My, my my pupils were so big, probably I could still see in the dark, you know. Mm. So, <laughs> uh, it was it was rough. I woke up this morning and had bags so big under my eyes, they called them luggage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? we see that luggage, <laughs> we see it. <laughs> You got it. It's pretty rough. So if I start nodding off halfway through this thing, it's because... It's not because we're being boring. It's, no, it's the coffee. Okay. From um, yesterday. It's still hungover from the coffee. Yeah. Yeah. At your age, you know, that'll do it to you. Yeah. For yeah, sure. For sure. For sure. Well, where do we go from here? I don't even know. Where, 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 what, what do we do? Like, uh, we could talk about John. John. John's here. Hey, hey John. That's how's it going, buddy? Doing much. How y'all doing? Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, thanks for stopping by. John is probably... I don't know, top five Refuge Project fans. Gotta be. <laughs> top five. So, yeah, I was just like, man, we gotta get this dude in here. We, we show some love to some of the other, you know, I, I don't like saying fans, but it's kind of not fans of us, fans of the uh-huh. the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It makes me feel better. So tell the people who John is. Who's John? Who are you? My name is John Harold. Um, I've been working here at Edom Church for almost three years. <laughs> the second time around, and everything that I found out that in the month of August of this year, I'll be here for three whole years. Um, I, be, I also found out that I've been paying my tithes faithfully, giving back to our Heavenly Father for almost five five months now. Which, all right, which I'm pro- which I'm proud. I don't give him all of the way. No, no, we, we got you got a whole segment, bro. Just like relax a little bit. All right, all right. going all in. Like, hey, <laughs> just a little teaser for the people. You right. know, when all they right. heard John, bro, like the whole world just popped up. Just like, oh, John's gonna be in this week. <laughs> I mean, like countries we haven't heard of before are listening now. Oh, man. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah, so <laughs> we're excited. We're excited. Mm-hmm. I'm excited, man. I, let's jump right into Culture. Go ahead, right, John. Freestyle. This is it. Freestyle Thursday. <laughs> Coming in, it's John. Oh, John edition. Come on. <laughs> Come on, come on, <laughs> come on! You got baggy pants on. I know you can rap. Nope, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah, disappointment. Yeah, very. <laughs> one of these days, one of these days, we're gonna get a rapper in here, dude. 
We need a rapper. Yes, it'll we need be good. Rapper. We need to get Vaughn back. Vaughn. Did we have that uh, Culture Corner little sec like intro when he came on? I don't think we so. We might not. Have, we probably didn't have it. No, that's disappointing. So. Yeah, because he could have done it. Oh, he could have. He, he would have done it. Oh, too. he would have done it. Yeah, yeah. He he would have heard the beat and just went off. Yeah. <laughs> what you got today? <sighs> okay, here's here's the headline. Uh-oh. It says. Uh, Scientists create shape-shifting humanoid robot that can liquefy and reform. Whoa, 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 whoa. Start over. I didn't even finish the headline. I wasn't ready for all that. I need to pay attention a little bit harder. Yeah, this one. That's why I said I had to skim over it again okay. before we went going. All right, everybody pay attention. Okay, here we go. Scientists, you with me? Uh-huh. All, right. all the smart people. Create shape-shifting... Wow, like uh, like what is the metal that's liquid? There you go, mercury. Well, oh, not mercury, but yes, you're yes. right on. Besides, create shape shifting humanoid robot. Wow, that can liquefy and reform mm. and escape a mini prison cell. Wow, and I know everybody else can't see this, but this is the little video. Bro, that article. looks like uh, what's you it? See that, what's John? the little uh? The Lego Man. Yeah, it looks like a little Lego guy. It looks like a Lego Man, but in uh, in Mercury form, forming into a, a Lego Man and then melting down into Mercury. So it's not Mercury, it's Gallium. Gallium. It's the same family as Mercury, I'm sure, because I'm a scientist. Yeah. I don't even know if I'm saying Gallium right. It's G-A-L-L-I-U-M. So what are they doing with this? Okay, so... Uh, gallium. It's the Chinese oh. figures. <laughs> Hey, hey, wait, 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 hold that thought. Hey, so this podcast gets up to, uh, gets uploaded to my personal uh, Mm -hmm. YouTube account. Nice. And um, every week. Well, it. Real big in China or what? (laughs) We get, we get so many strikes for playing. Like we don't get no strikes (laughs) from American songs. Yeah. From an American artist in America. Okay. But we get strikes in Russia and China mm. every week. For playing what? what? Christian music. Really? Yeah, it's copyrighted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We it's copyrighted play. in China and Russia, but where it's made by the American people is not even copyrighted. Yeah. Strikes. Mm. Nice. <laughs> they just don't, they don't want... Jesus in their country. That's what it is. Yes, yeah, that's what it is. Dude. That's what it is. Uh-huh. We're going to get them there, though. I got a story for you later. Go ahead. <laughs> well, they've got robots right now. Mm, they're um, coming after us. Probably leaking under the door right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll read you the... Uh, yeah, so you guys couldn't see the video. So the video is this... It's kind of like a Lego man-shaped robot. It comes up to what looks kind of like a gel cell, and it just melts itself into liquid and slides right through the the wall just pretty sweet so here's uh here's a few paragraphs of it it says this new robot combines the best aspects of both stiff robots hard body typical robots and soft robots flexible but weak robots with difficult to control movement um Chang Fang Pan, okay. a study leader and engineer at the Chinese University of Hong Kong, said in a press release, giving robots the ability to switch between liquid and solid states endows them with more functionality. And I really like it anytime somebody uses the word endows. 
Um, the team study was published in the journal Matter, where they explained that this new phase shifting material, the magneto magnetoactive solid liquid phase transitional machine, was created by embedding magnetic particles in gallium. Gallium, it should be noted, is a metal with an incredibly low melting point of only about 85.6 degrees Fahrenheit or 29.8 degrees Celsius. Um, so the gist of it is there's this, it's, they make it with this gallium stuff and then they have, um, they send an electric current through the robot, like through all of it. And so that heats it up and then that makes it melt and then they can let it like reform. It's so it, it has a memory where it reforms back to its original state? That, I don't think it really explained it properly later in the thing. That's interesting. But it says it goes back, so yeah, I guess so. What if it goes only back to one form, or it has the ability to like change mm-hmm. its forms? Yeah, I don't think it changes its form based on this. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the gist of it, though. And it goes on and talks about a lot more techie stuff. But the last paragraph, let's see, says, uh, future work should further explore how these robots could be used within a biomedical context. Uh, what we're showing off, what we're showing are just one-off demonstrations, proof of concepts, but much more study will be required to hmm. delve into how this could actually be used for drug delivery or for removing foreign objects. And, uh, Where are they removing foreign objects from? Like, know, what's, what's going on? Like, I don't know, man. Like splinters? Uh, maybe. Mm. Probably not, but maybe. Wow. Have you seen the uh, Have you seen the water uh, demonstrations with uh, sound waves? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. They have these, like, water uh, droplets or whatever, like, suspended in air by mm-hmm. the, the different sound waves and stuff like that. Yep. That kind of reminds me of something like that that mm-hmm. they do. That's magnetic, but the, the water is the sound wave stuff. So, um, And then they can... Make it dance depending on what sound waves that mm-hmm. they put out there and stuff. That's synthesizers, by the way. It's oh, just yeah. like manipulating sound waves. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you like synthesizers? I do. <laughs> I like synthesizers. Hey, did you get that microphone? <laughs> After the podcast, we was talking about using my Well, no, because there was a tornado coming. Oh, yes. was, by the way, I'm glad you said something. Yeah, so, okay, last week, I'm sure you all know, there was uh, the tornadoes. Well, if you live in Houston, you know. Yeah, there was the tornadoes that came through the Deer Park. Pasadena area. It also hit Baytown a little bit too, but uh, that was on Tuesday, which is when we usually record this. So it's like one o'clock, and I'm and we're leaving the church, and I say something to David, like, "Yeah, I'm about to go to the other side of town, buy this microphone from this guy," and he says something like, "Well, you better hurry up before the weather comes in." <laughs> I said, "What are you talking well, about?" Well, I didn't even know it was going to be. I thought it was just hard rain, but goodness gracious, yeah, and, it turned nasty. And so then I walk outside, and it's all black, and the wind is going. And I said, "Oh, there is some bad." W- okay, you know what? I just need to go home. So I stopped at the food town around the corner, grabbed some food real quick so that I'd have food at the house to cook later. Hunkered down. And yeah, I got home by like 2 o'clock. I texted dude and said, hey, apparently there's some bad weather. Maybe we'll do it a different time. And he's like, yeah, looks crazy outside or something. And so, yeah, so I got home at like 2 o'clock, and I'm just eating lunch or whatever. By like 2.30, you know, it's happening. And uh, I didn't know that there was this crazy tornado thing going on. I, I knew that there was tornado warnings or whatever, but I didn't I didn't know it was happening. But the wind was crazy and the waters like you know it, it felt crazy at the house. Um, but so yeah, by like three o'clock, I was uh, I think the power went out about three at my house, and I was just taking a nap, waiting for it to come back on. Um, 
and it never did come back on by the way it came back on like two days later so that was really kind of a bummer yeah i had to go stay at my parents house the next night and wow. then the next night we stayed at tara's parents house shared uh, the love shared the love man but it was funny because my dad he's telling us uh later he's telling us about his whole you know tornado experience he had uh one of my sister's kids maybe two of them and uh he at some point is gets the word that hey that tornado is going to be at your house in like five minutes yeah your dad was right in line for all that stuff yeah and, and i live like seven minutes from my parents house so we were not far and so he and so his whole experience, he sees that, and he's like, we got to get out of here. So they get in the car, and they drove down the road because they're thinking the tornado's going to be right on our house. we got to get. So he's, like, having this whole thing, and he's thinking about evacuating and all. And so they're telling us that story. And I said, yeah, man, I just took a nap on my couch while the storm was going on, which was probably not the best idea. But yeah. uh, I didn't realize it was as uh, crazy as it was. I didn't either. So they – uh, I started getting texts, so we have a, a group text with the with my kids and uh, my wife, and uh, so they started texting about it was going right towards Mount Bellevue. <clears throat> so I left here about two thirty, and I was right behind the storm. Mm. So like everywhere that I was going down two twenty five, one forty six, all, all that was just like I was following the storm, mm-hmm. and it was just like destruction everywhere. Like um, mm. trains were falling over. Yeah. 18 wheelers were like on their side on the freeway, trees, roofs, all this stuff. Um, well, I'm not going to say our school district because our school districts normally got it together. But they had they had some schools on lockdown. Uh-huh. Okay. My so many kids were at recess. Outside. My my daughter-in-law was in line to pick the kids up. They brought the people from the car rider lot inside, put them on lockdown. And at the high school, they released them. So you had all these new drivers <laughs> driving right into the storm. So I'm calling my son. Sixteen-year-old girls. <laughs> yeah, and like Camaros and stuff. Car, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so you know, we started started getting hold of our son, and uh, we're just like we try to tell him to stay at his buddy's house because he takes his, his best friend home every day. Mm-hmm. Stay there until the storm's over. Well, we don't get real good service in that part of the city. And um, so he tries to, you know, go home. And so we finally get a hold of him when he crosses I-10, we get better service. And then he was just like, I think I can make it. You know? <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, great. He's driving right he's into gonna, the eye of the storm. He's going to make it. But I guess uh, he made it. Okay. He made it okay. Uh, everybody made it pretty good. We just, we had some like, uh, like uh, fence damage and yeah. stuff like that all over the, all over the Yeah, place. joke's on you, Storm. I yeah. already had fence damage. <laughs> And I've been trying to get it fixed for forever. These last few weeks, I've finally been like, okay, we're, I'm going to fix it. Is it. Like you propped it up, I'm assuming. No, it's just laying there. Oh, killing your grass. Yeah, just laying there. But um, every day that I'm like, okay, I'm free tomorrow. Because my dad, he's like, I got the, whatever that tool's called, that you can. The postal digger. Yeah. That, yeah, I was going to say that digs the hole for the, the bunk. Auger. Yeah, there you go. He's like, I got one of those. We can da da da. You can salvage as much as wood. You know, just tell me when and we'll do it. And I was like, yeah, okay. And so every time I'm like, okay, we can do it tomorrow. You know, it'll rain. It's yeah, been raining forever, and not just like light rains. You know, hard rain. Yeah. So then that's right our winters. Our winters are not cold; they're wet. Yeah, and so our uh, and that whole area with the fence is where all the water has been collecting. So it'll just be, you know, six seven inches of water there. Make sure you put a rock board in. 
A rot board? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you Noted. know, like uh, you know, your pickets go this way. Uh-huh. If you put like a two by six this way, mm-hmm. it won't rot the bottom of the boards out. You know, I feel like there was one of those on there. Yeah. And then you can just replace that rot board and the rest of your fence will be okay. Nice. Yeah, that yeah. sounds good. Yep. But yeah, so it's still down because it keeps raining like really hard every week. Didn't that happen like last? Yeah, it it happened. It happened like a year ago. Yeah, but I wasn't actively trying to fix it then. Uh, But now you are. And now that I'm still, I'm like, okay, we 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 got to get it up. Yeah, I could have replaced one one side of my fence. My neighbor, he replaced both sides of his fence, and then when he got to my side, I'm like, hey, (laughs) let me know when you're ready. You know, I'll go halfies on it, Uh and then he just. I don't even know if he ran out of money or what, but he, he stopped. So I, now I got the ragged fence on one side of my property, and everything mm-hmm. else is new. Mm-hmm. So, oh, well. I know life is tough. I got life. something for you. <laughs> this is, is it, this is a this is something pretty interesting. Christian group seeks out to promote Jesus Christ in a new light with a hundred million dollar ad campaign called "He Gets Us." Okay. Okay. Let's hear um, about it. So they've got with this, um, they got with this um, company that does these ad campaigns that does like Pepsi and all these big, mm. uh, big products, and um, and they're taking a hundred million dollar ad campaign. They're going to do um, the Super Bowl uh, commercial. They're going to um, they're doing like billboards. TV commercials all over the the the, the country, and they're going to do a hundred million dollars. What uh, is campaigns. what are they promoting? They're promoting. This is what they're promoting. They're promoting the real, um, true life of Jesus, and 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 they're they're like the little campaign was Jesus was a refuge too, and uh, they're and they're really trying to reintroduce um, Jesus to Gen X and and. Um, what the other generation is, um, millennials. The millennials reintroduce Jesus, who the Bible says Jesus is, not what the culture says Jesus. So they're is. just prom- promoting Christianity. They're not pr- like well, it's bipartisan. Bipartisan. I don't know if you say by denomination or whatever. No denomination. No church. No. It's just a. Uh, um, an organization. Yeah, what's the organization? Uh, yeah, I, I had it, but I couldn't find it when I pulled it back up. Um, but are they like a... Um, it's a nonprofit organization that's yeah. decided to get together and um, raise $100 million, and they've been successful to raise $100 million. Here's the cool thing. So if you go to hegetsus.com, um, you can go to their... Uh, you can go to their the tab that says merchandise. Mm-hmm. You can get one hat, one t shirt, and one sticker for free. Oh, really? Yeah, and I did it. So I wanted to make sure, like before I got on here, and said it, that it happened. So I mean, I, I went on there. Like you and, just did it. Yeah, I just oh. did it like earlier today. I wanted to see the hat. Oh, I, I'll show you the hat. Um, and uh, so I did it earlier today. And they gave me, and then, and then I was just like, well, it's, then they said, well, it's really not free. That's why I went ahead and did it. Uh-huh. And then I was just like, well, if it's not free, then what is it? You know? And um, it said that it's with love. But then when you go there, when you like sign up for it, it says 
uh, how you're going to pay. I'm like, oh, here, here, here you go. You know, here, here's the, here's the thing. And then you just pick how you're going to pay, like, uh, love your neighbor or, you know, all these different <laughs> things of love, you know, of what Jesus done as, nice. as he was on the earth. I and you just click did. it and bam. So how, so how are you going to pay? Uh, I, I paid, uh, uh, how did I pay? You don't even know how you paid? <laughs> Sounds like you didn't pay. Here, uh, Here's the shirt. Okay, nice. Yeah, nice shirt, right? For free. Like, come on. Um, I paid to love my enemies. Uh, Jesus was a refuge um, sticker and then the hat. And you can get one of each for free. So which and enemy have did it, you love? What's that? Which enemy did you love? Well, I don't know yet. You haven't paid yet? <laughs> I love you, all of my enemies. You, you sent him an IOU? <laughs> <laughs> did you put it on your Jesus credit card? Oh. You going to pay it at the end of the month or what? You trying to get dude, some points off of this? Dude, that's such a good message. <laughs> my Jesus credit card? That will uh, preach. I'll, I'll love you later. I'll if you hear me. <laughs> oh, man. You're going to wear the t-shirt, but you ain't paid for it yet? Oh. Oh, are you funny. kidding me right now? <laughs> oh, that was that is a that message good. waiting to happen, bro. That's funny, man. Oh, teach man. that in your Dave Ramsey classes. Oh, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, so go to uh, he gets us.com, sign up for it, read, read their about page if it's something that you want to. Uh, you want to invest in no money required. Pay with love. Select up to one T-shirt, one one uh, sticker, and one hat. You ain't got the love right now. Jesus um, will love them for you. That's right. You can love them later. So whenever you get the love. So this is part of their million dollar ad campaign. Was uh-huh. getting a certain amount of T-shirts and yeah. hats and all that stuff out there. Uh, so why it lasts, man? Go out there and, and get you some free Jesus shirts, and it's also in Espanol. Oh. So if you uh, all my all my Latinos uh-huh. out there, Latinas, Latinos, did you all get it in Spanish? You should have in Spanish. I should have. You should have. <laughs> I should. I'm a little surprised. you I'm did. gonna use my other email and get me yeah. another one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put on my Jesus credit yeah, card. Yeah, just rack it up, <laughs> rack it up. He's got enough love to go around. Oh man, that was so. Oh my god. <laughs> you're ridiculous. I'm not even joking, bro. That's gonna you're gonna hear this message. Okay. While you're writing it down, why don't we pull up this song? Oh, here, I'll pull up. Okay, so um so this morning me and David both woke up to a text from Caesar and uh this is what it's a link to a song and it says uh, after culture corner request intro it as and so here's the quote. So here's the intro to this next section. You got the song ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Uh so here it goes. So you like Silk Sonic, but you're saved and don't want to keep the door open? Then open up the window with Pastor Mike Jr.'s new song, Windows.
right, Pastor Mike, leave them windows open, baby. Everybody in the room's over here shaking oh, their hips and heads. Hey, it's got a little, it's got a little, you know, uh-huh. make your head bobble, uh-huh. and your hip shake. And so, Pastor Mike's got drip, got the, man. Oh, he's dripping. He's dripping hard. Oh, look at him, look at him from the behind shot. Look, oh shaking gosh. the booty and everything. Tell you, for the Lord. For the Lord. For, the Lord. for sure, for sure. Sure. When uh, I got in here today, I said, "I said, hey, did you listen to the song <clears throat> Caesar sent?" He's like, "No, nah, I don't know. I haven't listened to it yet. I don't know." So David has no idea. He's so old and out of touch. He didn't know what any of that meant. So I had to explain it to him. Say, so okay. explain it for all the rest of the people because there's a lot of people that are not even from the United States That's that true. might not understand. And they probably know about Silk Sonic. <laughs> they probably do. That's how big of a reference it was. Yeah. <laughs> I said, Phil Sonic is a, it was a group formed by Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack or Pac. I don't know which way you say it. I only know Bruno Mars. I don't even know the other people. Anderson, he's, he's like a rapper guy, but he plays drums and he's, anyway. Uh, and so they make music that sounds like this. Okay. And it's real old, like 70s classic soul kind of music. Big collars. Yeah. Terrible yeah. color suits. <laughs> yeah, that's like the whole. Um, theme of their baby poop colored stuff. suits so anyway <laughs> baby poop colored suits which one is that is that the greenish brownish one which one is that yeah both of them ah mm-hmm. okay <laughs> like the dark, dark yellow <laughs> see I was thinking more like brown like burnt orange burnt orange purpley yeah, depending like on what you introduced kind of but you're thinking okay yeah. um look anyway Pastor yeah look at his, Pastor Mike is still getting it bro <laughs> but yes yeah, so if you know that sound which most people are familiar with it somewhat this actually does sound quite a bit like it, except yeah. he's talking about he's talking about letting them blessings come letting them blessings coming mm-hmm. in, not the other stuff going out. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, Pastor Caesar, thank you for this. I uh, <laughs> not only was it a great song, but uh, I got to know who the Sonic sounds are now. Nope. Nope. No. Sonic. Nope. <laughs> silky Sonics. You pulled a mom again. <laughs> Shout out to my mom. You're doing it like my mom does. Gets it pretty close, but not quite right. The the Silky Sonic. Silk Sonic. Silk Sonic. The Sonic Silks? What did you say? The Sonic? I don't know, but it wasn't right. That's how my mom does it. Love you, mom. I love my mom, everybody. That's what she does. Uh, You know, at some point, Bunch of you out there right now going, my mom does that too. My da- I, what is that? It happens, bro. It's a thing. It happens. You get it real your, close. Your hard drive, the older you get, the fuller it gets. Yeah. And there's no defrag button. You or- think it's like um, like tape, you know, where you just use it enough times and it starts degrading. You know, so you can still hear the same song, but it don't sound the same. Well, first of all. You think that's what it is? Your brain degrading. Yeah, I'm degrading. Is that what it is? Like the ideas, the thoughts you're trying to remember, they're still there, but they're just not quite degrading. Would you describe it as that? No, I would describe it as there's so much stuff in there Uh that you have to file it, and the files get cluttered sometimes, and it takes a little bit to. So the ink doesn't like smudge a little bit on the files, (laughs) or something, or maybe the. The hard drive slows down a little bit. See, you keep you keep saying drive. it in techie terms. I'm talking like I'm talking about the technology, the time at the time when your brain was created. Yeah, my your filing my, tablet. Uh, my, the paper. Yes, my 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 computer is like a no. Dingy, there was no computers, dude. My, my, you my have my an compu- analog mind. <laughs> my computer is a dingy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. 
that dingy what what you call it color? Yeah, uh, ma- beige. No, beige, dingy beige yeah. color. Yes, yeah, mainframe. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. No, dude, you've got this not, big room full not, of a lot of crumbly papers, <laughs> all disorganized in the wrong slot, and you pulled out some of it. And you said, "Uh, Sonic." Stingers. <laughs> and then one of it wasn't even the right paper. That's how it is that you have stacks of paper on your desk, right? Uh-huh. And then the fan gets turned on. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And it's just blowing around that dimly lit room. <laughs> <laughs> you can barely see anyway. I don't like the way you describe you gotta, it. You got to pull those papers right up to your face. <laughs> actually not even because then it's too it's too close. You got to pull it well, away. Well, it's either like way too close or your arms are not long enough. Yeah, yeah. No, you got, you got your arms way extended <laughs> and squinting at these two different pieces of paper. The ink's all smudged up. The lighting's bad. And you said, uh, Sonic Singer. Who invited you? I, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm done. All right, I'm done. We, you know it's bad? You know it's bad? So we're, we're in the meeting today, and... Uh, I'm just imagining already. We're in the meeting today, and so somebody was saying something about somebody's kid, and, and the pastor, Christina, said, uh, oh, yeah, or they're a little older, right? And then Pastor Mark says, yeah. They're like, you know, 48 or 50. And I was just like, easy. Easy on the little older thing. Yep, that's about right. Easy. A little older, yep. Little. How long are you going to live, dude? You're 50. 50. You probably. 12 uh, years. You're 12 more? 62 is when you're going out? Jeez. Hard life, bro. You don't don't get those files straight. It might not. I can see it. Ooh, so I need to turn the fan off. <laughs> so I get this stuff straight. Leave the window open. Yeah, leave the and window open. Let the open. Uh, blessings fall on. That needs the blessings if I'm going to make it past sixty-two. You make it past sixty-two. Sixty-two is nothing, dude. But you come from you come from like it's a, nothing. You come from like <laughs> people that live until their eighties and nineties. Yeah, dude, my people don't live that long. Sixty-two is weak, bro. You can do. My people don't live that long. My people live like seventy-two max. You could probably knock out like ninety four. I don't know if I want to do that. Why not? Ninety four is a good. That's a good solid age. Is it? Uh huh. Ninety four. Yeah, you could. You can't do nothing at ninety four. Well, you you just you just wake up in the morning hoping you don't break something. Dude, you got to live long enough so you can see me at ninety four, and I'll let you know. How how, if I'm ninety four? How old will you be? If you're ninety four, wait, I'm I'm twenty eight. Right, I'm about to be twenty nine. So I'm about to be forty nine. Um. Okay, so we'll just say 20 years. 20 years. You'll so you're 94, 70. I'll be 74. Mm. And I'll be out there just... And we'll still be doing a podcast. I'll be hitting them squats, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be, you'll be rolling around in a wheelchair, and I'll just be over there doing squat jumps <laughs> and burpees, and I'll just be like... You see me pushing you down the street, getting uh, your cardio in, you pushing me, and... Yeah, I'll, be, I'll carry you, dude. I'll put you over my head. I'll do, I'll do some farmer carries with you. <laughs> Yeah, we'll just uh, get it. Speaking of old, my dad's calling. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Why don't we... Uh, uh, hey, last week we got a lot of uh, compliments. No, I don't know if they were compliments, but uh, a lot of talk about uh, the animal stuff. Mm. Uh, I don't remember what I talked about last week. We just talked about if you was going to, you know, if, if you would get like a wild animal. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this is my and question I'm this you, week. No. Okay, go ahead. What's the question? If you were if you were an animal, what would you be? 
What's the best animal? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's like the, the the one that's better than all the other animals? What's that's that who you would be. Which, whatever which whatever that? that is, that's who you're going to be. <laughs> I'm just um, <clears throat> All right. No, I'd be some type of whale. Whale? Oh, dude. I'd be an orca. Orca. I'd be a killer whale. I'd be just Why? dominating the sea with all my buddies, doing whatever we want, living a long time, outsmarting everybody. I'd be an orca. Those are the best. That's not really the Jesus-like, is it? Um, You know, I would do it in love. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd give seals to other orcas. You know, we'd about, share. I think I'd be a dolphin. I'd be, like, combating you in, in the name of Jesus. Yeah, so orcas are... They're in the dolphin. They're actually dolphins. Yeah, but they can't dolphins. But they're just dope? better than whatever kind of dolphin you're thinking of. Like they're what, the best. What's the dolphin they made the show about back in the day? I don't know what show you're talking about. Go ahead, pull up those files. Sift through. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Convince me it's a computer and not some cabinet. Come on, Come on pull it up. There. Oh, you turn into your phone. You yeah. cheating? Dolphin show in the eighties. I don't know. Somebody's out there right now just like screaming Dolphin Cove. Dolphin. What was the what was the dolphin's name though? I don't know what you're talking about. Dolphin Cove. I don't even think that's it. Bro. You think about Free Willy? That in that one about uh Flipper. Flipper. That's that Flipper. Movie. I've never seen that movie, but that is a big movie. Yeah. You're right. Flipper. You'd be Flipper. It was actually a TV show back in my day. When they when it, TV first went uh-huh. to color. Yeah. Oh, nice. Saw them. I had my 12 inch TV. Saw them flippers in color. Yeah, they had a little knob on the bottom that you tuned it in mm-hmm. and you would tune the static out. You yep. remember those, John? Mm-hmm. John's old too. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's true. Yep. That <laughs> Man, don't even put me in there. <laughs> you know what's crazy? TV doesn't even have static anymore. That's not even a thing. It's not a thing. Because we're it's not. It's either on or off. Yeah, it's either working or it's not. Yeah. Or it's loading. Yeah. I realized that when we were shooting the video the other day, because. We're shooting stuff in this retro-themed hotel room. And so there's this old TV in there that's just on a staticky channel. And uh, I was like, man, there's I, it, that was when I realized, like, there's no static anymore. People don't – that's not even a thing because we're not getting it from the antenna. Right. You know what I mean? We're not getting that Different signal. radio wave. Yeah. Well, it's not even radio. It's, it's a, internet. Yeah. yeah, it's internet. Yeah. Ooh. It's kind of crazy. Look how much uh, everything has changed from how things used to be back in the day, you know, not that till till now, you know, because because every, every year we turn around and see things always advancing, always coming out better, and this and that. Remember the first uh, like high definition TV came out? It was like three billion dollars. I mean, it was huge. Yeah, and it was big, and they had those three lights in the back of it, and then you could change the bulbs out and all that. The big screen TV. Mm, change oh, yeah, the bulbs yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, change the bulbs yeah. out of it. Yeah. Now you just buy a new TV. Now you just buy another, <laughs> Now you go to Walmart for two ninety nine and buy yep. another 65 inch. Yep, that's exactly right. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you're going to be a dolphin that's not as good as a worker? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that dolphins kill all kinds of sharks and whales. Yeah, yeah. so do orcas. Yeah, in the name of Jesus, whatever. they do. All right, so John, what's the animal? What's for the animal? You? What's your spirit animal, John? See a raccoon or <laughs> raccoons are cool. Yeah, they are. They're fun. I was thinking more maybe like a shark or something. Shark, mm, man. What why, kind of y'all, shark? why y'all trying to beat up everybody? What kind of shark? Let's hear it. Tiger shark. Tiger Ooh. shark. 
You're going just straight gangster on them. Mm, tiger sharks don't care. They'll eat anything. Anything. Mm-hmm. So now we really know. Are you really saved? <laughs> yeah. So later on this, later this, when we get to your section, you're going to be telling me how you got saved, but you're still want to be a tiger shark. It's hey, not, he's got good th- taste. Things are not adding up here. Things are not adding up. You got to... <laughs> There's nothing evil about a tiger shark. All the uh, except when it plays with the, the little seals, it comes up and bites them, and then throws them back in the air. No, and no, then, that's the orcas. Oh, that's the seal. that's me. <laughs> Which so is good saying, for the orcas. So this is really making me rethink like life uh-huh. and who who my friends are. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. See what what's fun? It's all about your perspective. Y'all need to go. What is that? What is that website's name? He gets us. Y'all need yeah. to go there and do some little bit of study and <laughs> yeah. find out who Jesus really is. It's all about your perspective. Like, if I'm watching any kind of random nature or something, and it's showing, maybe it shows like a hawk swooping down, and it picks up a mice and it or a mouse. It's just one. Snatches it up, all cool. You know, if Tara's, if my wife's in the room, too, she'll go, oh, man, the mouse, oh, that's so bad. But I'm going, did you see that it's hawk? It's just the mouse, right? Okay, so pick any animal. It doesn't matter if it's a lion and he's he he gets an antelope. You know, I go, Oh, did you see how that lion snagged? That that lion's amazing. And she's sitting there going, Oh, that poor antelope. Just from the So what about when what about when the hawks get the billy goats on the side of the mountain and they can't pick them up, but they just pick them up just enough where they fall down the mountain and then die and that's then a bummer, they go, man. They go down there bummer. and eat them. Oh, well that's cool for the hawk. That's yeah. smart. He's he figured out how to get it. Good what about for him. the hawk that picked that baby up in that field that time? That baby you see in that? the field. I don't know what you're talking baby about. Just but see, the, the baby, that's, uh, that's one of ours. So that's sad for the baby. So that's when you go, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, that's one of ours. Yeah, so that's not cool no more. Not not cool for him to do it to us. <laughs> but I get well, it. He's, he's just trying to, he's just trying to eat, okay. you know. I mean, I can see Jesus coming out. I'm just saying the perspective is, you know, with the lion, like he, if the lion gets the antelope, now the whole the whole lion family can eat. How great is that for all the lions? Like I'm down with, you know, hunt what you eat and, you know, eat what you kill and all that stuff. But y'all are picking stuff that just go around just savages and, uh, like, just kill mm-hmm. for fun. I bet you you uh, played with some ants when you were a kid and burned it up. I bet you did. Oh, I played with fire, and I used to burn ants all uh-huh. the time. I bet you poured some salt on a slug or two. I Ooh. bet you did. You ain't so great. But you ain't even as good as an orca. I bet you can't. <laughs> I bet you can't swim as fast as an orca, though. I bet. I mean, flipper pretty fast, and they can do it out of the water on their tails uh-huh. while bouncing on ball. Yeah, through the hoops. <laughs> I don't. Do they bounce on a ball? With the, on their nose. Boom, boom, oh, boom, boom, boom. And the, they balance the, the ball on yeah, them. They're not the, on a ball. Then jump to the hoop. Why somebody, like why a dude in a wetsuit holding on to their fence? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you got a. Yep. And then if something goes wrong, Flipper goes back and tells the dude's dad and be like, hey, Johnny's in trouble. Sounds like you're a chump who got taken advantage of by yeah. these people. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. It's like Lassie, but in the water. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Y'all remember okay. Lassie? I remember Lassie. Mm-hmm. Lassie. Lassie was nice. Yeah. What's wrong, Lassie? That was Jimmy nice. in trouble? Dude, I, I gotta go watch. Like, hey, here's a movie, real quick, and then we can actually move on. I'm sorry. This, tell me if you remember this movie from. It was like early 2000s. Oh, this man. girl at work brought it up the other day. She said she watched it. The Country Bears. What? Anybody out there remember the Country Bears? 
Go ahead, pull up a picture. This was, I gotta go watch it again too. This was one of those random DVDs that was like one of those 15 DVDs that you had that you would always watch. Oh, it's the, uh, it's the on the road trip. It's animated. Or, Anim- well, it's real people, but this is before animation like this was real that big. Yeah, the country bears, dude. And they, uh, yeah, so those bears are animated, but they're interacting with real people. That was the whole thing. Oh, it's okay. these bears, and then they have a band. So it's a Disney they, show. Yeah, and they uh, they start making music at so some this, place. So this picture has a, a bear with a guitar, a microphone, uh-huh. and what do you call those things right That's there? That's a harmonica. Burr, 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 burr. Yeah, see, harmonica. See, and your files dude, were smudged again. Dude. And then this dude right here has got some, like, yeah, 60s, that's Elton John. 60s, Elton 70s, John is playing the voice. They, there's all these big name people on. playing these people. And uh, Christopher Watkins, uh-huh. he's the bad guy. He's okay. like this musical act that's this rivaling really them. A bear or he's a real person? But he, it, he's him. Okay. He's playing him. Okay. Uh, or actually, he's not. I don't know if he's playing him. I can't remember his character's name. But I mean, he's the bad guy. Right, and his so. whole talent is he. Is ma- you remember the friendly? fart noise you make under your oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. arm? That's uh-huh. his thing. He has a whole act where he does that. This is the this is, this is kid the plot. Friendly? Yeah, dude, it's for kids. Okay, me and my son's gonna watch this. It's so ridiculous. I'll come back. And this was like a serious on. family fun movie from back in the early two thousands. So my son probably won't watch it. Uh, he'll watch it with you. He'll probably get like fifteen minutes and be like, "Where's the Xbox?" But I forgot. This was one of those things that I forgot existed. But there was a big chunk of my life where I watched that movie every road trip. Really? Yeah, as a. I don't know, like a 10, 12 year old. Something I don't like. remember. And this girl brought that up and it just flipped that way. I went, oh my gosh, I forgot that existed. It made me so happy that something that stupid existed and I used to watch it. And I got to go back and watch it. Hey, I got to well, find the time. Well, I hope it's as good as you <laughs> tell me it's going to it, be. <laughs> it depends on what you mean by good, but it's, uh, it'll be entertaining. Adam, you remember Country Bears. You remember I don't, Country I don't Bears, think, Adam. I don't think so. Victoria, come on. You know the Country Bears. I don't I don't know if I ever did the Country Bears to my kid. I wasn't really into Dude, he Country. he saw the Country Bears. Yeah, check it out. Right, we're going to get to you, John. I'm sorry. <laughs> But we've been we've been we've been having a lot of good conversation in the last few podcasts. I mean, have we? I don't know. I've had fun. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm from I'm from Houston, concrete jungle, mm-hmm. ghetto, sure, street life. Yep. You know that's like that's my testimony. Redeemed. Yep. Now I'm a pastor. I hate the country music. Mm-hmm. Now I'm trying to buy. Land in the country, yeah. Cowboy boots, <coughs> race yep. chickens, and you got how many trucks? You got five. You got five trucks. Five trucks. Did you hear that, everybody? He's got five, five. trucks. <laughs> He's almost got as many trucks as he does Christmas trees. This guy is out of control. You ain't from the ghetto no more. No, I done moved out of the ghetto <laughs> out into the suburbs. Now I'm trying to buy some acreage. Bought my wife some water boots yesterday. Woo! Yeah, it keeps raining. Yeah. I'm going to go look at some property this weekend. Uh-huh. Get you some Timberlands, man. Timberlands. I need to get me some. Get I got me some I got me some cowboy Steve. boots. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a poser thing. You know? You're going to want some Timberlands. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wore Timberlands back in the day. <laughs> You're going to want. Sure. Timberlands yeah. came from the, you know. I, I know. It. I get it. Yeah. So it'd be more appropriate. Boys, the man, ABC, Timberland. Oh. <laughs> That was beautiful. <laughs> I liked it. Hey, you can have some cowboy boots. You do whatever you want. You're I wear cowboy man. boots. Yeah, I, I, I wear cowboy boots 
every day. You want to like pretend to be a years. cowboy? You could do it. But it was just because I had steel toads and uh-huh. it, they look pretty cool. I mean, like, yeah, I wore them one time the rodeo and regretted it. Mm-hmm. Now I just wear tennis shoes. Why was it a regret? Because it's a lot of walking on concrete and you know hours, days. You know when I wore my cowboy boots to work, I got a desk job. Yeah, you know, sitting around looking nice. So. The shoes are not good for walking. The boots not, weren't made for walking. These boots weren't made for walking. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you do. Yeah. <laughs> no. These boots are not going to walk all over you. Not. Because my feet hurt. Mm-hmm. It makes my big toe and my bunion on my big toe hurt. Nice. Corn. Nice. Whatever it is. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What were we talking about? Uh, I think we're going to talk about John. Why don't we talk about John? Hey, Johnny! Johnny! <laughs> Hey, Johnny was a good friend of mine. No, 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 no. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Glad you came in and stopped by to talk to the people. Yes. No problem. Thank you for him. Yeah. So, Johnny, tell me, um, how old are you? I'm 41. 41. I'll be turning 42 this year. Yeah. In July. Are you don't- bragging? <laughs> don't brag. So you know you're gonna be my age and. <laughs> John looks like he could be 30. If you told me you were 30, I'd believe you. He's a good solid 35, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. He's got good skin. <laughs> you added five years to what I said. <laughs> You're just trying to be nice. I might be a realistic. Oh. <laughs> oh, there we go. Uh, where was you born at? I was born in Galveston. G-Town. All my G-Town people stand up. <laughs> oh, just sit down, if you, especially if you're driving. <laughs> G-Town. G-Town. Oh, people say that? Do, do people say that? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. See? All right. Yeah, you got to get in the street I'm culture, not, bro. Yeah, I'm not in, <laughs> I haven't walked the street to Galveston. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, to the beach. did you go to high school and everything down there? Like you grew up in, in Galveston or what? I was born in Galveston, but I was raised by my great, great, great grandparents. Whoa, 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 whoa. Say that again. How many greats? Three greats. You were raised by... Great, great, great grandparents. Yes. Whoa, they were probably my age. They were <laughs> with three grades. They were older <laughs> because they they went down to Galveston and got me from the hospital where I was born, and they brought me back to Pasadena and raised me ever since I was four years old and everything. Wow. I started going to school to Richie Elementary when I was six years old. Okay, just back up for a second. And, and if I if I ask you any tough questions, you don't want to answer. Just tell me you don't want to answer. But uh, and I only ask these questions because I think your story can help people. Okay, go ahead. Um, so, what was going on in your, your parents' life? Where that your great 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 parents grandparents had to come in and get you from the hospital? Well, at that time of my life, um, my mother she spent most of my life being locked up either in jail or, or in prison and everything, and um, she was. At, like I said, at that time, she, she was locked up, and either in jail or in prison, and everything. And my mother had gave birth to me, and everything. And at that time, she was my dad. I never, I never knew who he was. I never met him whatsoever. I, I've never seen him one time in person. As y'all see me, I, I see y'all. I, that never happened, and everything. Um, my. What I know about my real dad and everything, he was a detective for either the Pasadena or Houston Police Department and everything. I'm not sure which and everything. Um, he was looking for a one-night stand. Got my, he found my mother. 
got her printed with me and I'm like that and he he had he he was trying to get her to give me up for adoption and I'm like that and she told him no she was gonna do that because that's what she did with my sister. I have a sister who's either three or four years older than me. We've never met each other one time in person and everything. But when my great great grandparents was was still alive, they had somehow tracked her tracked my sister down when I was still going to school and everything and one day, my great-great-grandpa went to go pick me up from school. We stopped at KFC. He got me something to eat, and then we went to the house and everything. After we got to the house, I went to to my room and did my homework, ate my food and everything like that. Then the next thing I know, I hear a knock at the door, and they come in, and they tell me that, that they had found my sister and everything. And I started talking to her on, on the phone and everything like that. She, at that time, she was living in Tennessee. And, and how old are you? How old are you at that time? I was, I want to say, fifteen, sixteen okay. years old. So, so your your mom was in jail when she had you, and then your 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 great 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 grandparents came in and got you when you was four days old. Yes, and then they brought you to Houston, I guess Pasadena area, and then you started uh, going to school here. Yes, in in, in um, Pasadena. How, yes. how old were they? If they were your great 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 grandparents, they, they got you. They were in their late sixties, early seventies. Wow, that's still kind of wow. young for great great great. Yeah, that's, and that's crazy. the m- multiple generations of having uh-huh. early kids. Yeah. Um, so how was how was your childhood growing up with being raised by uh, grandparents? Would you, I mean, did you have a happy childhood? I mean, how was it? Well, to be honest with you, um, I was born. Before I answer that, I, I want to say this: I was born into this world a drug baby. You know okay. what I mean? Because I had drugs in my system. You know that you know because my mother she was doing drugs and everything, and the reason for that being is this: she was trying to do everything she could to cope with the pain of her giving my sister for adoption and everything, yeah. and that literally killed her when she when she had to do that. Right? How did how did uh, how did that affect you uh, being a, uh, addicted to drugs at such a, a early age uh, when you started? Say when you're three or four, was there any effects of those uh, issues that you had when you was younger? What I remember uh, my is my great great grandmother. She used to walk me day and night for five and a half months straight, day and night, to keep me quiet, to keep me from crying because of all those drugs being in my system, I, I was in pain. Wow, and that's the, and that was the only thing she could do to keep me quiet, you know. Thing, and until one day, one of her neighbors had hurt had hurt me, you know. Thing, and she came over to the house and asked her if she had any uh, pedialyte or like something like that, you know. Thing to give to me, she told her no. Okay, don't worry about it. I got I got some for you. You can give to him, and that'll stop the pain. Wow, you know what I'm saying? She she gave that to me. The pain stopped. Wow. So and then, you, so you, you know, you uh, was a baby. You started going to school. How was your uh, How was your schooling and and um, your friends and stuff like that? Did you Did you fit in with the rest of the crowd? Did how how did that part of your life go? I I started going to school uh, at Richie Elementary when I was six years old, back in 1986. And at that time, I had a lot of anger, a lot of rage in me because of 
all the drugs that that was in my system in around there, you know, and stuff. And um, I got into, I got in trouble and everything, you know. And my life wasn't easy. Was was you a good student? Did did you make good grades, or or school was just that interest you, or no? I mean, I was a good student. I I busted my butt trying to do, do make to make good grades on everything I did. You know, you know, you know. Um, I I can remember all the times my great great grandpa taking me to, and dropping me off at school and everything. I would walk in, stand at the end of the line, wait for the school bell to ring for all the students to go to their classes. You know, and everything. Then all of a sudden, the next thing I know, I see this. I see these two boys come walking back towards where I was and just start beating me up for no reason. Hmm. You know, everything that that happened to me every day. Wow. It, what was what were some of the good moments of your childhood that you remember? Some of the good moments of my childhood that I remember was when I was with all my family. Yeah. And everything. Those were the best moments of my childhood life, even until when I was a teenager and everything. Even though I was 17 when I lost my mother, she was 41 years old when she died. So did you have any relationship with your mom between... Um, you, you know, in your childhood, like, did your mom come around while you were being raised by your grandparents? No, because at that time she was locked up and everything. And my great great grandparents raised me ever since I was four years old in Pasadena. I didn't see my mother again until age fifteen. So when did you find out that your grandparents were were, were your your grandparents and not your like your parents' parents? Oh gosh, um, I didn't find that out until a long time after I, I had turned fifteen. There was anything, you know. Then I started asking questions about my family, trying to get to know who they were, and you know, like that. And that's when I found out that my my mother's mom, and you know, thing, which would be my grandma, and you know, everything, she died at the age of twenty seven from a drug overdose. Wow, you know, Wow, yeah. My grandpa and my great great grandparents' uh, son that they had, I never got a chance to know them at all and everything. Wow, so you're talking about generations of yes. drug abuse and yes. issues with drugs and. Yes. So, um, so you kind of have a, a, a tough time there in school, not, not a whole lot of friends, you mm-hmm. know, fighting a lot, trying to, trying to make it. What, what was your high school? What did the high school look like for you? Okay, on the high school part, um, I had one home. I was when I was still going to my public school, which, which was Richie Elementary. You know what I'm saying? I was in the third grade. You know what I'm saying? I went home and, and told my great great grandmother everything that had been going on to me. You know what I'm saying? And she and she, she got that made her angry. You know what I'm saying? You know and stuff. And then she had t- turned around and told me that she was going to take me out of that school and put me into a private school called Fake Christian Academy. Which is which is located over off her Burke and Vista in Pasadena. What's it called? Faith Christian Academy. Oh, Faith Christian Academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. I went to that school from the age, from the grade of fourth grade all up to I graduated. Okay, and then how was that for you? Was it different because you went to a Christian school, or was it just more of the same? Well, to me, when I first started going to that school, it it was pretty much the same the same thing because when I was started going to that school, I still had a lot of anger and rage in me and everything. Yeah. You know, I always I always got sent to the principal's office. I always got detention for this and that. You know, but 
it was like, I want to say it, it was back in my freshman or sophomore year, you know what I'm saying, that I, I remember going to the church where they, they would have like uh, uh, chapel. Yes, chapel service, you know what I'm saying, and when and all the pastors were standing in the pews, you know what I'm saying, you know, and I was standing, standing with my class, you know what I'm saying, you know, and I have and. I looked up on stage and I seen all the seniors standing up there, and they were doing trying to get the other students to come down to the altar and you know, right there, you know. And the whole time that I'm standing there with my class and you know, right that, I I begin to feel something pulling on me, tugging on me, you know. Right then all of a sudden I heard a voice speaking to me, telling me to go down to the altar. You know. Right now, there. is this your first experience with the Lord, or was your Great 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 parents religious, or they just put you in this school because they thought it would be a, a safer place for you. That was the very first time I had felt our heavenly Father, you know thing. And the more I, y'all never went to church or anything before that, we we went to a church called the, the Assembly of God Church, which was located over off our Shaver and I think Houston Street, if okay. I'm, if I'm correct, you know what I'm saying. We went there for a long time, you know what I'm saying. But uh, back to what I was saying about when I was in the chapel and everything like that. Um, the more that I, the more that I tried to resist what the voice was telling me, you know what I'm saying. The louder it got, you know what I'm saying, and the more it pulled on me, you know what I'm saying. And then I just, I got to the point that I just stepped out and went down to the altar. You know what I'm saying, and then as soon as I did that, that's when the, the presence of our heavenly Father came came over me he- very heavily. You know what I'm saying, so so much that I started shaking. I couldn't like lightning. Lightning was going through my body, mm-hmm. and, and I fell on on the floor, still shaking. You know what I'm saying, and all when all this going on, you know what I'm saying. That's when I heard his voice speaking to me, telling me, "I am your father, you're my son." I'm here with you. I have never left you. So what did that mean to you? Um, for someone that didn't have a father growing up, did you understand the whole concept of what a what a father meant, what a, how a father was supposed to love? At that moment, I did. I understood everything our heavenly father was telling me. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And at that school, for, from the year 1990 till the, the time I graduated in the year 2000, I would study and read and meditate upon his word every day. Because the class I was in when I was going to that school and everything like that, they always had all the students in, in their classroom to recite, to recite a chapter of a book of the Bible, you know what I'm saying, in order for us to be able to have special privileges or go on field trips, you know what I'm saying, we had to recite the entire chapter by memory to our teacher. Oh, wow. You know what I'm saying, and I did that for 10 years. Wow. So, so you was in what, high school when you really, really made that final commitment to the Lord's, you know, and you yes. gave your life to the Lord. Um, so you graduated from high school. Yes. Um, where, where kind of direction did your life go from there? Uh, after I graduated from high school, uh, I felt like my life was going in the right direction. You know what I'm saying? I was, 
I was <laughs> seeking our heavenly Father more than, than what I was before, you know. That, and I was wanting to walk in His presence and do what He and do what His Word told me to do, you know. That. And is, are your grandparents still around at this? Are your great great grandparents are they still around at this time? No. So when did they when did they pass? My great great grandfather died October second, two thousand two. Okay. Then I lost my great great grandmother nine months later, August twenty sixth, two thousand three. So you were you was already out of high school by that time. So they were there with for you through all the way through. That's good. Yes, I got I graduated from high school in the year two thousand with my high school diploma and everything. And um, like I had like I had said, my, my mother died when, when I was seventeen back in December sixth, nineteen ninety eight. She was forty one. At the, at that time, they really never had a relationship with her. The, my mo- my great great grandmother had told me that my mother was like her right arm, and I was like her left. You know what I'm saying? Anytime she needed any any help whatsoever, she she knew she could always count on us to help her. You know what I'm saying? And after my mother had died, and you know that I was still a teenager at that time. You know what You know, and I had to grow up and take and take on responsibility of a. a of an adult, you know, like that. I was helping my great great grandparents to pay their bills and do this and that for them, you know, like that. So, in your early twenties, what did, what did, what did that look like when you're trying to, you know, as as young men, we think that we're grown when we're eighteen, mm-hmm. you know, um, but we really spend the next ten years or so starting to mature and, and make decisions. What did the, that process look like over the next few years? You you're leaving. Uh, high school, uh, the people that raised you are now going to see the Lord, hopefully, and you're kind of like wandering this world alone for the first time. Well, after all my family that I had down here in Pasadena had all went home to be with, be with the Lord and, and all that did, that put me into a great depression state, you know what I'm saying? And I was depressed, sad for a good 12 or 13 years straight, you uh-huh. know what I'm saying? And at that time, my only friend that I had was me doing drugs and drinking, you know what I'm saying? Because I was trying to, I was trying to deal with the pain. So what, what did that look like? You you went from uh, going to going to a Christian high school, falling in love with the Lord. Where, what happened? Where was the transition like from serving the Lord to getting addicted to drugs and alcohol? What ha- what happened in there? Well, it's, I feel like what happened there is I had I had backslid and, and I lost sight of the Lord and you know, like that because after my great great grandparents had both died and you know, like that who I was raised by you know like that I took that real hard yeah you know and. And lose my mother at seventeen. That was even harder, you know, because when my mother had died, you know that I, I did not shed not one tear whatsoever, you know that because I was doing my best to be strong for my great great grandparents, you know yeah. that. I didn't finally break down, you know that until sometime later on after everything was said and done. We went to go view her body at the funeral home. Then we had her funeral, you know that. I didn't break down until a long time after all that, you know that. You know, by myself, you yeah. know that. That's when it really hit me, you know that. And I just couldn't, I couldn't hold it in no more. Yeah, you know that. It's natural. We all grieve in a different time and different space. Um, so 
started backsliding, maybe hanging out with the wrong people. Yeah, um, I did. Trying to cope with some of the pain that you've been dealing with since, I don't know, since you was born, right? Yes. Um, started doing the drug and alcohol thing. How long did that last? Oh, gosh. It seemed like it lasted for like 14 years. Wow. And everything, I mean, every time I... <laughs> One thing led to another, and you know, thing. You know, I, I was drinking with my homeboys and my friends, and this and that. You know, we'd be rolling up blunts and everything like that, smoking weed, hydro, what, what, popping var, bars and vitamins, doing what we could to just have a good time and, and try to forget about all the pain I had been through in my life. You know, and all like that. It got so bad for me that I started that I got to the point that I started doing coke. Mm. You know, the, you know, I started sniffing that. You know, because my home, one of my homeboys that I, I used to, I used, I used to go get my drug, my weed from, and all that stuff. And I'm like, he had told me that he had, he was doing some white, and I'm like, what is that? And then he, that's when he explained to me what it was, and you know, and thing, you know, and I'm like, okay. Let me try some of that. So I, he told me I could get I could get some of that, get some coat for twenty bucks. You know, just to see it, see what it felt like. You know, like that. You know, and, and me and me being the way I was. You know, like that. I have a at that time I had a very addictive personality. You know, like that. I got addicted just to stuff real easy, real quick. You yeah. Know, you know, and after I, after I had tried some some coat for the first time in my life, I was hooked. You know what I'm saying? And like every time I had, like I said, anytime I had any, like, like a whole lot of money, you know what I'm saying? I would tell, call my homeboy up and tell him, hey, I, w- I want this and this of Coke, you know what I'm saying? Or I would get like a really fat, hooked up eight ball Coke, and you know, and I know normally that's supposed to last a person for about, for about maybe a day or two, not me. That only lasted me, lasted me for like two hours. Wow. So how was you? How was you providing for yourself? And like, was you working, um, or was you just kind of making ends meet any way you could? Or you know, how, how was that? At that time, I was working. I had a job, and I was working at the at this old folks home. You know what So you just taking care of these old people on drugs? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, that's how that's how I I was making my money and stuff yeah. like that. I had a job in 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 like that, you know. Where was you living? I was still living on Natchez Street. Natchez Street, yeah, in Pasadena. Yes, yeah. in Pasadena, and everything. And at that time, I was living staying with this man who I had went to school with his boys and everything. He opened he opened his home up to me and gave me a, gave me a place to stay and everything like that. I, I would pay him rent and everything, you know, and. I stayed. I stayed at his house for about good six, seven years, and everything. But while I was staying, staying there, I was working at the, at the old folks' home and making my money, getting paid, and this and that, you know. And every time I knew that I was going to be off for like three days, I, I already had everything planned out how how I was going to spend my three days and what I was going to do, and this and that, and everything, you know. And I called my homeboy up, told, told him what I wanted, and made sure I had everything I needed. So you, as a young man. Just really trying to find out who you are and where you came from, and dealing with a lot of the the hurts and and pains in your life from you know relationships that you never had, and then mm-hmm. also relationships that you had, but now have gone on to the Lord um, and dealing with that through knowing it through drugs and alcohol. At some point, 
um, you were homeless, right? Yeah. So tell us how, how that happened. That happened after I had lost my uh, great, great, my great, great grandparents' house and, and everything. Um, I couldn't, I had a house at, at that time, you know, and everything. Before I started staying with that man who I went to school with his boys and, and everything, you know, I had a house, but I couldn't keep up with and everything just, just became overwhelming and stuff, you know, and I was, I was married to my first wife and, and everything, you know, we, we both, <laughs> Got married after we graduated from high school, and we were both tw- 21 years old. And both got married here at Enum Church. Pastor Ron was the one who married us and stuff, you know. And I thought she was the one that, that for me, you know. But I didn't. I couldn't see all of our heavenly Father's plan and, and, and what and what He had for my life. And at that time, you know, because I was blinded by what I was doing, and the the devil was was telling me was telling me to keep doing what I was doing. You, you don't need God. You, you, you're never gonna amount to nothing. Fill fill my head full of lies and everything. Yeah, that's the same thing he's telling the world right now, right? That's the same lies that he's telling uh, the rest of the world. So you go through this thirteen, fourteen, fifteen years uh, of just battling the lies of the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to drown your sorrows and pain and drugs. Uh, so what happened? Like, how did you go from that to who you are today? Was there was there a moment like in time where you stumbled into church somewhere or somebody invited you? What would that process look like? That process looked like looked something like this. You know what I'm saying? I I had just got to the point of my life that. I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired of all the stuff I was going through, you know what I'm saying? And one night, I just hit my knees hard and just started crying out to the Lord. And you're still living over there with this at this gentleman's house? No. No? Where are you at now? I am st- I'm living in a garage apartment right here off of Allendale. That's close by the church right now, okay. you know what I'm saying? So you just moved back there, right? Yes. So it's full circle. Yes. Yeah. Right, and, and I think, and there's not a day that goes by that I don't think I'm having to fire for reopening the door for me to go to go back there again. Right. Because I love it there. So you dropped to your knees one night. You was tired of being sick and tired, tired of running the race, tired of, tired of, uh, you know, letting the enemy ruin your life, and you got on your knees, huh? Yes. And like I said. I, I cried out to a heaven far and just and, and just told him I surrender everything. Come come do what you come do what you need to do with me. Take all it take everything out of me that is none of you. Yeah. And fill me of all of you. So yeah. when you got off your knees everything was different, everything was great, everything was glorious? No. No. It is it didn't happen right then and there. It, it took time, you know, mm-hmm. that. But eventually, he did. He took all that. He took all the desire and craving for me to doing drugs and drinking and me smoking cigarettes and all that stuff. He took all that out of me, you know what I'm saying? But like I said, it took time. You know, it's not, anything that we ask from our heavenly Father, we expect to get right then and there. It doesn't work like that, you know what I'm saying? It, anything that we ask from our heavenly Father, we expect to receive it in in His in Jesus' name, and we will receive it, but in His timing. You know what I'm saying? So, 
how did you go about putting people around you instead of your old buddies that you were doing all these, you know, sinful stuff with? How did you go from that to like surrounding yourself by people that love the Lord? I did. I started doing that when I first started coming to Elam Church. I started I first started coming to Elam Church in the year two thousand. Okay, with my first wife and everything. Excuse me. Um, two of her two of her grandmas were prayer warriors here at the at Elam Church, which I didn't know that. What was her name? Do you know? You remember their names? Um, it's okay if you don't. I remember. I remember the name of one of her grandmas. One of her grandma's name was Le- Leon- Leona Law. Okay. That was one of them. Her other grandma it, it still comes to this church, but this past Sunday I seen her in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. and she had to be pushing by her by the help of her son and everything. So even when you were in and out of the, you know, doing whatever uh, with your drugs and alcohol, you were still coming back and forth to church. There was still a desire somewhere in your heart that you knew who God was, and he still was pulling on uh, on your heart. Uh, so you get, you finally just said, enough is enough, and you you had that history here already from coming back and forth, and you mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. started it up. Did you go to a certain ministry at first, or you just started coming on Sundays? How did that work? I started coming. To, I started coming here on, on Sundays, you know, because I had that hunger to know who I was in our heavenly Father, and I had that hunger to know more of Him. You know, yeah. thing you know, and one thing just led to another, and, and before I knew it, I was going to the, uh, Brother Josh's Sunday school class, and all that. You know, because at that, because at one point in my life, I was living, living in his ministry house that he had, that he had, used to have, and everything. And he had told me that one of the, one of the requirements of me living in his ministry house, I had to be in his Sunday school class, and all that. And he wanted to see me there. Yeah, and I think that's real important because you being over there in that ministry house, you had somebody that was holding you accountable every week, making sure that you was, you know, the decisions you made, you was living through and coming to church and being fed and having those people around you is super important, especially when you're uh, coming out of a life that you, you were just coming out of. You needed that that, that uh, accountability partner there for you. Now, was it a... Um, once and done, or was there some relapses, or or, or the, the the Lord began to remove it, and you never went back. The Lord re- removed a lot of things out of my life, and w- once I started seeing Him work and start started seeing Him move in, in my life like, like I never had before, and all of that, the more He the more He did that, the more I want to know more. I want more of Him, you right. know, the, you know, and. I'm t- I'm at the point in my life that I just I've been going I've been going working here at EM Church for almost three years now. Th- this time around, and, and how long did you work before? The first time I was working at EM Church, I worked here for for about two and a half years. You know? So almost six years total. Yes, and you took about about a year break. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, in the month of August of this year of 2023, I will be working here for three years. Okay, you know thing. And I also found out too that I have been faithfully paying my tithes and giving our Heavenly Father His 10 percent out of my paycheck. If it's out of my first fruits for almost five months. So, where do you see the biggest changes when you when you're faithfully giving before and after the giving? What do you where do you see the God moving in your, their life the most? 
I see God moving the most in my life is it's when we're being faithful to him and doing what he tells us to do and all that. And once and when we keep being obedient to him and waiting upon him and all that, he rewards those who do that. And everything, you know, because he will start opening doors that you thought could never be open. What, what are some of those doors for you? Some of the doors that he has that he has opened for me is, is number one by by opening the door. That's my old place where I used to live at over there for Allendale. Yeah, that's one of them. He's opened the door for me to be able to to have the opportunity again to share my testimony and be able to touch so many other people out in the world who may be going through what I have been through in my life. And they, they get to a certain they get to a point in their life they feel like it's hopeless. They feel like there's no end. But I'm here to say that there is. There is hope. Keep your faith. Yeah. Keep waiting upon our Heavenly Father. Keep crying out to Him. What do you think your biggest challenges have been since you've been saved? Since you, and you know, we all, you, we get sold out for the Lord like we are. Everybody here in this room, is, we love Jesus. This is this is our lifestyle. It's not something that we do. This is something that we live. But but we still go through things. We still deal with things. What do you, what do you think? What is one of the biggest struggles you you had since you've been a Christian? One of the thing, biggest things that I feel like I since me being a Christian and everything was dealing with the lust. Yeah, you know, which I, I mean, as a single man, sometimes it's, it's difficult, right? Yes. Which I know the lusting and uh, you know not that I know that's a big problem for a lot of people you know thing you know but right. but the thing is you get to a point of your life that you ask or ask God to to remove that out of you to help you not to do the you know thing you know but like I had said earlier it's not going to happen overnight or happen immediately it's going to take time. Yeah, but the more you seek him, the more you read his word, the more the more time you spend with him, things will change. Yeah, gradually. Yeah, and I think that a lot of times the more that you deny the flesh, every time that you deny the flesh, it gets easier and easier. Uh, there's a there's a brother in the church right now that um, I'm not going to say his name because I'm going to talk to him privately. But he's sold out for the Lord and he really wants to do the right things. But during worship, he's like he's just standing there. And, you know, and I know that he's worshiping in his head, you know, but his lifestyle has never been one to um, to show weakness and and be vulnerable in front of people. Right. Yeah. So I can see it in him that because of that, his lifestyle so long has been that he's not allowing himself to raise his hands or show emotion during worship and those type of things. And I think that the. The first time that he'll raise his hands, he'll realize that the second hand comes easier. It's the same way with sin. The more that we deny sin, the next time it comes easier to deny it. And the next time it comes easier to deny it, especially when you deal with lust. Mm-hmm. And then when you fall back into that same lust or you you flip on your phone some stuff that you shouldn't be looking at, that it almost resets it where you have to start over again and begin to deny the flesh. And it becomes easier more difficult than it was after the 10th time that you deny it. Uh, but it's not just with lust, it's with anything else. Do you find that to be true? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think God's got for you in the future? I mean, I, I see you over here and, you know, uh, you you make my light shine. That's why I serenade you every, every time I see you. 
Um, <laughs> because I see, I see the things. I, I didn't know the old John, but I see what God is doing in your life right now. And it's a beautiful thing. Um, but what do you see that God's got for you in the future? Well, that is a hard question because I'm, I don't believe anybody knows what God has in their future. You yeah. know, you know what I'm saying? We just got to keep. I think the one thing that we need to do and everything is we got to keep talking to the Father and find out from Him what He has planned for our lives and everything, you know. And little by little, He will reveal what He has planned for, for our future and everything because He will gradually show us, give us visions and give us images of what, of what He has, Yeah, you know. But we have to keep seeking Him. Yeah. Talk to the people a little bit about Desiring one thing, so in our lives we desire certain things. If we desire to um, to be a pastor, or we desire to be a husband or, or or a father, but the Lord's timing is not the same as ours. And I know that you desire to have a relationship with the wife and have a family and all those things. But talk to him a little bit about the struggle of having those desires, but at the same time, God is just like on my time. Maybe you know we'll get there, but. Um, tell them a little bit about the struggle there. Let's see. Um, I got divorced from my first wife back in 2008. And everything we we went went to the bank called Washington Mutual when it was ordered off a sophomore. When it, it, it's got details. You understand know, yeah, these stories? He's got he's details. Got, he's got dates and yeah, address. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And years. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing to have. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, my fans turned on in my head, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always come something off. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, it's been about a good 15, almost 20 years since I, I, I had I been with a wife or anything like that, you know, and it hasn't been easy for me, you know, but. It's been a real hard struggle because I have that desire to have a wife and family and everything like that, you know. I see so many of my other brothers and my friends here at the, here at the church that have that, and I wish that was me, you know what I'm saying, you know. But at the same time, I keep waiting upon him and fire for, for all that to, to come into play in his timing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of times that we desire certain things, um, but they're not always good for us. Yeah. You know, uh, God has a plan and sometimes we can't execute God's plan if we have other distractions in our life. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe that's what God's doing in your life. He's got things that he wants you to execute. But with a wife comes a lot of other issues and not issues, but a lot of other attentions that you put off. Mm-hmm. Um so maybe I think God's got something big in your life that he wants you to execute and, and, and do uh, that's going to take all your attention on him to get those things done. If this word takes, then his will, his will be done. Yeah. Leave the people with something. Let them know uh, what God means to you in your life and what he means to them. God is a big part of my life now. And... What I know in my heart that without him we can't do nothing. We we are nothing without him. You know what I'm saying? You know because his word tells us that he that all things were created for him and by him. You know, we 
anytime that we're going through problems or going through trials and tribulations, we should always be able to run to him in our t- in our time of need because he's always there. His word tells us that he will never leave us nor forsake us, and that he sticks closer to us th- than a friend would. And everything you know, and I I would say to all the people, keep y'all's faith in him. Do not lose faith. Do not lose hope, because there is hope. And the and we all know that our help comes from our heavenly Father. I have been I've been seeing that for a long time now in my life. Ever since I've been, ever since I gave my life to our to God, I've been seeing Him move. I've been seeing Him open doors and everything like like I've never had before in my life and everything. And all the time I've been being faithful to Him and being obedient and paying my tithes to Him, giving Him my the first fruit, the ten percent of my first fruit out of my paycheck all the time. He he rewards me for that. He always makes sure that I have enough of have enough money left over for, for myself for me to do whatever I need to do and everything. There's not a time now that I don't go without because he always provides. That's awesome. That's what his word tells us. He will he will provide everything that we, he will give us everything we need. That's right. You know. Well, awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you coming by and sharing your stories. I know some of this stuff is not always easy to talk about, mm-hmm. and uh, you did it so beautifully. And uh, I know that, that your story is going to go out and touch some people out there in podcast land, and uh, hopefully uh, the words you say will challenge them and lead them towards the Lord. I pray it does. All right, but I appreciate you. And we love you. Refuge Project.